What's going on, everybody? And welcome to episode 47 of the Bench Time Podcast with Todd and Brett Wiley of HO Scale Customs. Uh, hey, what's going on? Hey, how you doing? I'm good. We've got a snowstorm coming. A snowstorm is coming. I know. It's ridiculous. Oh my god! Yeah, it's awful, and you know, it's just—I uh, don't know. I mean, just—it it felt like we went from monsoon rains to I, snow. Where the hell was fall? We're supposed to get I still like have leaves on the tree. First of all, hang on. I don't think we're gonna get what they're calling for because they're calling for like up to seven inches of snow, but it—it's yeah. the ground's so warm. I don't think it's gonna weigh. No. I think you may be right. Oh, man. First so. of all, hang on. First of all, oh, let's just start out right away with what beer you got, because this one ain't going to... I'm going to throw it up halfway through this episode. Just So just you go, and I'll tell you what I, this <laughs> gruel that I'm drinking here. Well, oh, today... Man. Oh. <laughs> today, we'll see Todd is uh, drinking a water. Oh, okay. That's okay. Yes, I have... A- just having water tonight. Sometimes you need to um, just hydrate. Uh, for dinner, we had uh, pork chops and sauerkraut, mashed potatoes, uh, and I really, I really don't want to push it with a beer. <laughs> Let's just stop there, okay? You'll be having, you'll be waddling down the hall. <laughs> Anyways, oh, so uh, I have the most disgusting beer I've ever had in my life. Uh, yeah. I only have one, fortunately, because I got that that beer club mix a mix a case yeah it is the shipyard brewing company pumpkin head oh my and it sucks oh. <laughs> it is as bad as you think it is oh man so i'm uh, sorry nothing with pumpkin nothing with pumpkin spice leave that out of my leave it out Please. I will tell I'm you. I'm not talking about beer. I'm talking about anything. This is my first and last pumpkin beer I'm ever going to drink. So, but yeah. tis the season for pumpkin spice. <laughs> oh my god, it's well, terrible. So I'm going to finish this one up quick, and I might follow it up with a uh, uh, an IPA. Just to, oh man, this is bad. Let's just get rolling yeah. with the show before I get sick. All yeah, right. let's just do it. Let's take the questions. <laughs> We have uh, some patron questions. Well, uh, yeah, um, we want to also say that this show, this week's show, is brought to you by our patrons. As 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 usual, blah 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 blah. I can't spit. This. But we are open. This to pumpkin other sponsors. We are open to other sponsors, correct? But we love our patrons, so we're going to give them That's the right. uh, the credit here. So yes. this week's show is brought to you by our patrons. Sorry, I was stumbling there. Uh, I was having. Um, a little bit of gagging still from this pumpkin beer. Ugh. Oh, so, let's get over to our overtime at the bench questions. Uh, if you want to also have a shot at putting some questions in on the show and being able to join our overtime at the bench um, patron-only Facebook group, head on over to patreon.com forward slash customs and you can become a patron today. And with the patronage comes different levels of other things so there's a lot of fun we also give everyone in there a crack at putting some uh, topics into the show this week's slow loading internet is brought to you by CenturyLink internet in the boonies <laughs> we had difficulty with that internet this week already once 
with our live broadcast, Holy uh, our live, uh, our you know, our live build thing on Facebook. Yeah, I'm gonna hop over to my phone real quick. And, See if it'll um, load quicker. Okay, so we um, definitely we you know it's something we were talking about, and while while you're doing that, I'll talk about that live build. I think we're gonna shoot for regularly. It wasn't our good. This. We weren't on top of our game that other night. No. Uh, no, we weren't. And we were talking over one another, and uh, it was, uh, I don't know. I don't know if we were just not into it or what. It just didn't work. We're going to do, uh, Brett and I kicked it around, and uh, we're going to pick Mondays as a regular night for it. Unless, you know, God forbid, we have a light life too. So, I mean, if, if it just works out that we can't do it that week, then we can't, you know. But we're going to try and shoot for regular Mondays, kind of like what we do. We put the podcast out on Friday. And then everybody can come in and join us. And you know, we like to try and teach you something when we're doing it, if we can, or show you what we're doing. Um, it was just frustrating this possible. Monday, so it, yeah, it just didn't work out the way we wanted it to. Right, we had a bad internet connection. But what we're going to do with the format this year, I mean not this year, but with the in the future, is um, we're going to one of us instead of both of us. One of us will be on. The other one will be on, but he'll be on as a guest like the rest of you watching. Actually, and, uh, no, they won't be yeah. on as a guest. They'll actually be on as HO Scale Customs. Okay. Um, so Customs. you'll see that you'll see that HO Scale Customs is also watching the video, and that per- that other person, whoever's not on the live, will be moderating right. the live video. And what, the advantage of this is it's going to give us, um, you know, I'll be able to use my whole workbench, or Brett will be able to use his whole workbench. Oh God, he it means I got to clean one thing. <laughs> well, you know, it's a lot easier to for for the viewer to right. be able to view the one thing. Yep. Um, it'll be a lot easier for us to focus on working on that one thing. Yep. It'll be less confusing and, uh, for people to watch, and just generally, I think it'll make a better show. It'll right. make a better live feed. So, or have a better live show. Yeah, it's a lot easier for us too. To be able to answer your questions this way, yep. um, by having somebody monitor it and uh, the other person, you know, doing the talking. Because when I'm working, it's tough for me to stop and read the questions. And, right. And I look back over it, and we're four or five questions down. Yep. And I'm answer, you know, and I skipped a bunch. Yep. So now we don't have to do that, and you know, so we're trying to improve on that. Brett and I talked to us well this week about um, trying to get this. Uh, Get we, some videos got up some, and yeah, we got some more stuff coming. Yeah, I don't want to overpromise. I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver, but uh, right, we're working right, on. Okay. Some, we'll be working on some new stuff here. All right, patron only questions of the week. You can join in on our patron only questions, like I said earlier, by joining patreon.com forward slash HSL Customs and uh, hop in on the fun. So, first question of the week is uh, from Dan Pugach. He is saying that. Uh, my question is all oh of course my phone screen dies out it's all about placement of buildings on the layout and how close or far should they be from each other i get we often need to compress scale to make it look visually pleasing i just don't want it to look crowded uh i think it depends as as a good question it it is a good question i think it actually that that falls into our topic of the night pretty well it does in a little bit but, yeah, but i think it also it, it falls back to the good old question the old good old answer of it depends because um it, you know it depends on what you're modeling if you're modeling a tight packed city then 
you can force that that perspective of a really tight packed building like an epicenter of a city. Right, um, we do that. If you're modeling a rural town, you can kind of spread them out a little bit more, and uh, it just depends on what you're working, work, what you're working with. Yeah, it depends who you want to give. I mean, obviously, if you even if you're working in a country setting, and you have, you know, I, I you have a let's say you have a barn and a, a farmhouse. Okay, obviously, you're going to want those two structures relatively close to each other i don't think you can take them and measure them out with a with a hs scale rule or i'm sorry a, a, you know or whatever scale rule you use um and measure it out by the foot because you don't want to you have to bring it a little tighter together than use the scale um re- scale to reality ratio right because if you do you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna I waste think, so much of your layout space i think also um we ran into that problem when we were first starting to lay out the city where we were um we were trying to make everything to scale and it looked really really spaced apart almost too far yeah uh, it didn't look like a city right it it everything yeah. was spaced out really far right right and, and a lot of that is, you know, what do you want to show on your building where you place it, too? I mean, uh, it, it, you know, like on a city building, a lot of our city buildings we build, especially the earlier ones, we we didn't think a lot about where it was going to sit. So we put signage on all the all these different walls. And then you end up and losing then, a corner. Right. And you end up with this you, – or you end up with the, the dilemma of which side of the wall am I going to expose – to to the viewer as a viewer because you'll look at it and you'll go oh this side looks really cool but I don't really want to cover up that side and somewhere along the lines if you put that much on you're gonna have to sacrifice somewhere if you're trying to tight pack it right and uh, you know so and you know, that's something you need to consider as well what you want to show on it right but if if obviously if you're doing a, a very small town you can probably spread everything out a, oh, yeah. quite a bit more um, oh yeah but absolutely. Uh, so that's that's a that's actually a good one, and I think, like I said, we we originally started we'll hit on that a little later. We yeah, we'll we'll come back to this one, Dan. Actually, that was a perfect question for tonight's topic, and I you must have been like, I think he was like hacking our he he must have hacked our stuff because there's no way <laughs> he's listening to us. I'm sw- I swear. Yeah, that's a good question, Dan. We're gonna actually swing back to that one tonight, um, and cover it in our topic. Uh, the next right. our next question was from Lynn. Um, he asked, do you ever build damaged buildings, fire, earthquake, or flooded buildings? Uh, we haven't, we haven't done that yet. <laughs> I haven't done that. Um, I haven't done that on an old layout. I did it on my old layout Did you layout have one that ago. was burnt down? I had one that was burnt down. Yeah. I also had one that was like, like knocked down and it looked like rubble all over the place. I think and that it would be cool. cool. I think it would be cool to do a dilapidated rundown building. Yeah. Yeah. And that's an idea we could do. I, you know what? I had just a kit for that. I have a, it's not, it's not DPM, but it's a plastic structure kit. I've been wanting to build for a while. It's a, you know, brick, a brick building. What do you want to make it? You know, lines. you know where that would look a lot, look Walters nice along? Something like that. What's that? Right next to your Skid Row hotel. Oh yeah. Yeah. That would look killer yeah, that beside cool. that. It would. So uh, maybe, you know what? Maybe I'll kick you out up a and little what bit and better, see. And what better? I can do that on my project list this winter. As a fine scale modeler, what better building to 
like just absolutely look make it look dilapidated than like a, a Walther's or a DPM plastic kit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I got one unbuilt here, unpainted, <laughs> still in the package. I like have it's a tall one. It's like a five story one, so that'll be actually badass. I have like three or and, four plastic kits down here in the basement that are stuck in that dresser at the end of the basement. Mm-hmm. They're like my break in case of emergency kits where I absolutely have nothing <laughs> to do. I bought them like years ago and I have never opened them. And they're like, if I, if I absolutely have nothing else to work on, I'll bust one of those open. But well, like, I got this 11 story water Walters one over here. Yeah. But see that, that's and, a cool building though. It is though. I got to figure out how we're going to make it work, you know, cause it's so huge. Right. But, um, well, you know, compared to the rest of our city, and uh, I, I don't know, it might be something that has to be down the road or something that sits in the background. I don't. We'll figure that out. But yeah, I I have some breaking case of break glass in case of emergency. Well, I won't have an emergency for a very long time, thanks to you uh, and the show, because uh, <laughs> I got a pile as tall as me uh, to work on, and I'm working on skips here, which we'll talk about a little bit later, anyways. But mm-hmm. also from Lynn. When can we see some of Jason Jensen's work from the museum in Greenlee? I have no, I have no idea when we'll find out. We can see the Greenlee Museum <laughs> stuff, Lynn. You'll have, probably have to talk to Jason. Specifically. Yeah, you got to get with him on that. That's not our bag, you know. I mean, he's Jason knows about that stuff, and um, and you guys, I, I don't even know where that is. I think, yeah, <laughs> it's in Greenlee. Once we, once you get past Ohio, in in my mind, if it's west of Ohio. It might as well just all be like the Midwest because I have no idea. <laughs> I've... But you know, it'd be cool if Jason could share something like that. Maybe he can he can we'll... do that on one of our shows. Yeah, maybe when we have more again. Maybe we'll uh, we'll 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 see if we can talk to Jason. And have get, see if he even has an answer for you. But uh, I don't know, Lynn. <laughs> Last one uh, is also from Lynn. Lynn Lynn's going for a. Uh, 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 whatever. I don't know baseball very. I was trying to do a baseball reference, and I don't know brace baseball reference very well. Grand Slam. <clears throat> he says, "This isn't directly related to structures, but fun to ask. Just how many trains should one have to go with their structures?" Um, huh? He was asking, like, I basically sh- should you have like a train to structure ratio? I guess. Um, he's saying, note, this is just one of my trains, not just a locomotive. I have multiple trains and maybe more locomotives on the shelf waiting for repairs than most modelers. Guess this answers the question why I'm not doing more structures and finishing my layout because he's busy with the trains. But, uh, I guess he's just saying like, how many trains should one have to go along with structures? I guess it probably depends on the size of your layout. Um, you know, we don't question when you're done. We don't have much room for a lot of locomotives as far as like or, or or separate train lines. What? What's that? A locomotive? <laughs> well, we have we have two of them well, now. We have two now. Yeah. Lynn. But uh Linda Linda's we have two, but uh yeah. Um we have a a 5 by 16 or 17 foot layout, so we uh, and we can run Two because we have a nice. We're gonna put a nice yard in, or a little mini yard that we can run two engines, a switcher and a steam locomotive now simultaneously. Um, yeah. But 
I think if you have a larger layout and you have more space, obviously you can run more trains. Um, right. But I don't know if there's like a direct correlation between models and locomotives that you can run or train lines you can run at the same time. I've never heard of. I've never um, heard of it. I think it's kind of what you ever you want to do. I, yeah, I I think for us two, maybe maybe a third would be the max for us. Yeah, just because of space. Uh, unless yeah. unless we add it on. There's no way we could run more than three. Uh, well, we can't run more than three. We could keep some in a yard. Well, no, but that no, might be an option I, I, as I well. think that's what I meant was more. Yeah. Uh, on a on an active track setup at any time, well, or on an active layout at any one time, we could probably run three. Yeah, Re- like we're re- not like ready things. to roll. Right. We're just we're just track track minimalists. Meaning we we don't have tons of track down on our on our layout. We have a we have a functioning track on our layout. It's just not. Yeah, I mean it works. It's, uh, it's minimalist, and it's it's in an area where it's not going to interfere with our city. For us, it's scenery well, and structures, and we love that part. But and, and there's one or two know. there's one or two moments where the track actually becomes part of the scene. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, like down on the wharf, and uh, a few right. a few places where it cuts through the center of town. Um, oh, absolutely. But uh, for the most part, we kept the track um, kind of to, to the outside, and most of the scenery work is on the inside. So uh, it's right, more of a right. perimeter. Uh, it's a perimeter track. It all runs around the perimeter of the layout. But it is right, still tunnel I mean, underneath. You did say we went track minimal, but we we still have two complete loops. Yeah, and two crossovers. Right. Uh, I'm sorry, three crossovers. In correct in a small space, so we did put a bunch of track in for what we do have. Right. I mean, we could have went a lot more simple than we did, even. Oh yeah. So yeah. Well, that wraps up our patron-only questions of the week. Uh, again, if you want to become part of the show and get your input in or some suggestions in on the show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash ho scale customs and um, get involved. So, let's jump into the rest of it here. What do you have going on on your workbench right now? (laughs) Well, uh, today, as of when we recorded this, which will be Wednesday, I I popped up all over Facebook uh, some photos of the sawmill that I've structurally finished. Um, it's done. I have some landscaping around it with the, which we're going to talk a little bit about tonight. Um, you know, with, uh, it's on a 12 by 12 module or I'm sorry, module, but, uh, like a little diorama scene. I'm going to drop right into our, our layout itself. Um, but it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's done in a sense with the exception of details, uh, detail castings, trees, um, some leaves and small scenery type things. I'm going to add to it here. All, all stuff that can be done in an evening or so. Right. And I'm done. I'm ready to start. I am ready to start a new, sure, which will be. Woo-hoo! Cameron Street yeah! Apartment. Yeah! <laughs> well, yeah! And I, I'm, I'm so tired of hearing Cameron about this. I'm so tired of right. hearing about you being done out, working on it. Well, it, it's, it turned out really awesome. I was really happy with it. Not only that, I put some uh, lighting in it for microalumina, 
and um, uh, it's it's it looks really sweet inside. You can actually see the workings of the sawmill. Um, I am in the process of painting some small detail uh, parts, uh, cast part casting parts, and and such. But um, you know, and we're going to talk a little bit about those kind of things here tonight, as far as uh, our topic, and we'll get to that shortly. Um, but you know, one thing I will say on this kit what that was kind of interesting and we'll, we'll move on to yours is when I was doing this sawmill, the back side of the sawmill where the, where the uh, logs get pushed up by workers or whatever, or pulled up with a chain or however they move a log into the sawmill structure um, to be cut. Uh, they, the kit itself, Keystone Model Works, it's just, you know, uh, out of you know, they're no longer ex uh, existing. Um, but they gave me these three narrow sticks, and they may be uh, half the half as thin as a pencil. They're not; they're like sticks from off a tree. They have, you know, I guess they were supposed to be the logs, and they're they're pretty pathetic in size, and and I guess what they wanted to do for the rampway to push the bigger logs up. You're supposed to, according to directions, take these, you know, three-inch mini sticks and prop them up against the platform of the sawmill at an angle, three across, and then I guess you roll the bigger logs up it. And I'm like, that's so dumb, uh -huh. you know? It looked like, it looked ridiculous, especially when you put that much time and effort into making the structures look so nice. So... I did some, um, well, actually, Ron Kleiss got a hold of me and uh, sent me some uh, photos of another sawmill. Somebody somebody had built a sawmill on one of the forums somewhere, and I was checking out how they did some things. And then I went and looked on um, a couple uh, websites like the uh, uh, U.S. Archives and that type of thing for photos, old photos of old sawmills, and I came up with a couple little ideas that I kind of construed into one and made a really cool ramp out of some, um, you know, strip, strip wood and stuff and, right. and built this, uh, this really nice sturdy ramp and then weathered it like the rest of the, the structure, uh, you know, stained the wood and everything else to match the rest of the sawmill. And, uh, it turned out very nice and it was a little bit of a, uh, a freelance on it, you know. I I, I kind of freelance that entire sawmill part, and and I'm I'm just so happy to be on with it. And uh, it turned out beautifully nice. I I did not enjoy the sawmill portion of this, as I discussed before. I'm just so I'm glad to have it off my. It. Yeah, I'm glad to have it off my workbench here <laughs> shortly, and, I, and it's the first time I've ever felt that way. And like I said, the uh, the the stru the 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 house part of it I had fun with uh, the the sawmill not so much and but that's it what do you have going on oh man are you blue in the face yet I'm just kidding I'm just kidding mm -hmm. oh now see now you're mad <laughs> I let you go for a solid nine minutes there uh, oh, come on I'm just kidding I'm kidding oh lighten up toddles all right no I have the mind mount models craftsman kit that i ordered as we were talking with ron last week on the show so this one is the 
Mind Melt Model Skip Spate and Tackle Kit Number Zero 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 One. Uh, it's the first kit he made. It's a pretty cool little kit. It the instructions are awesome. I know Ron jabbed me a little bit because I did not follow the instructions in the beginning of that live show whenever we were re- opening the kit and getting started. But I did follow them afterwards because I felt bad that I wasn't reading his instructions uh, after he talked about <laughs> after he talked about priding himself on the work he did on the instructions. So Ron, I have been working. And they are beautiful. Yes, I have been working within the instructions now. Uh, and I will say the instructions are extremely well written. For anyone that's done a kit that has had shitty instructions, this one does not. So I can promise you that. Uh, and the photography, as far as examples on like how you should be assembling things, is stellar. So sometimes you know you get you know you've gotten a kit, Dad, where it's like yeah, well- you get a picture of it and you're like, is this a pencil drawing? What the hell is this? Uh, that's what that's what this one was. And you're like, is this a, a lith? Is this like a lithograph of a? Is this is this a cave drawing of what I'm supposed to be working on? Because this thing looks like it's out of a 1940s textbook. You know, you can't really even tell what the heck it is. Sorry for anyone that sorry for anyone that had textbooks in the 1940s. Didn't mean to offend, but some of the kit manufacturers just have those shittiest instructions in the world. And I don't. We're gonna have to put the explicit tag on this episode. I don't care. That's just how bad some of these uh, instructions are that we've dealt with. Not all of them. Yeah. A lot of the newer ones are, are very good. Um, and Ron's are up there with some of the better instructions. So You showed them to me last last weekend. You the, showed them to me good. When, the, when the kit came in. And it, beautiful photographs. Well done. Uh, so, very well. Very by Some of the better fo- uh, kit instructions the, I've seen. The it's print, really nice. Not just that, but the print quality is good. Yeah. Ron was saying how yeah. he went and got a nice printer for the uh for right. printing instructions and I'm looking at them now and like they're it's it's nice. So yeah. you can tell well, heads up the Ron. Heads up the Ron real quick. What you need to know and now don't get insulted by Brett not using the instructions. Brett doesn't really No. Do hey, well, no no no. <laughs> what you really need to know is you should be honored that I'm following the instructions now. There you go. Because I guess that's it. That's rare. Uh, yeah, I've actually yeah. now buckled down and I'm following the instructions. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm glad I am though, because I would have done, I would have done now two things out of order, which one Ron caught. And the second one I caught my own that I would have probably done as I was reading it out of order and probably had, I mean, I would have, it would have been fine, but, uh, yeah, I would have had a harder time. And it had to do with the shingles. So um, hats off to Ron and his instructions. And if you have a chance, if head on over to Mind Mount Models and check. This is not like a promo. We're not getting we're not getting anything in exchange for this. But uh, uh, check out his site. He's got two kits out right now. I know he, I know he's working on a third. He's been teasing us, and he's been teasing us on his Instagram with a third one he's working on. So it head looks on, pretty big. Head on over. It does. So uh, I'm excited to see what it's going to look like. I, I'm really pumped for that one. But uh, what? What? No, go ahead. No, I was going to say head on over to his website mindmountmodels.com or his Instagram page. It's just mindmountmodels. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been pretty active on Instagram, uh, and just check out what he's got going. Because for a new manufacturer, he's busy. So I'm excited to see what he's got cranking out here in the next year or so. Because I think he's got some tricks up his sleeve for everyone. 
Yeah. And and you uh, you started painting it, or you painted yes. it. It actually looks actually, awesome. You used a yellow, and I you don't see yellow used very often. It, it was it's a it's a actual pale yellow. Yeah, let me get it real quick. It's got a really really cool tone to it. I at first when he pulled that yellow out and showed us on that on the live build, I was like, eh. In fact, Lynn, I believe on the live show, he called it baby um, shit yellow. Baby shit yellow, yeah, and and uh, it does not look like that at all. In fact, it 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 actually turned out really well, really. Sweet. I will I will say when you pour it into the palette, it does look yeah. much brighter than it actually yeah. is. Uh, it dries a little right. more pastel colored. I mean, like a little yeah. not pastel, but like a a lighter color, uh, mm-hmm. yellow. But um, so I actually posted it in the modelers forum today. Gasp. <gasps> I, I was in the modelers forum today, Dad. Oh my! I have to go check it it's, out. It's rare that I get in the modelers forum. I'm gonna actually make yeah. it. I'm gonna make an effort now to post all my stuff in the modelers forum as well. Uh, yeah. I had a lot of fun posting that today, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I need to. I need to jump in there more too. I'm gonna become better in the modelers forum. I. Good. That's my goal. That's my. That's my New Good. Year's resolution. Good. It's not even so New Year's yet. Anyways, so. You were saying um, it for the past nine minutes. Go on. Hey, well, you've been at least talking back and forth. I, you, you didn't <laughs> I don't let care. Me, we got a show to fill. So you fill didn't it. even let me get a word in edgewise when you were uh, uh, flapping <laughs> your yams over there. Anyways. <laughs> so what I did for that building, I'll keep this down to the eight-minute version, not the nine-minute version, is uh, I put a coat of india ink wash after i put all the bracing on the walls and once the india ink wash was dry i used my darker ink wash um for a base i took a sea sponge and i kind of dry sponged if that's a thing you know i dipped my sponge in the paint palette and i took it over to a piece of paper got most of the bulk of the paint out and then i dry sponged the yellow paint on and the yellow paint is actually uh it is folk art uh Sunflower, 432 mm-hmm. Sunflower. So I dry sponged it on in a couple layers to get the effect that I desired, which was like a chipping paint effect, um, right? which I think turned out pretty sweet. Uh, and then once that was dry, I did the same thing after I, paint, after I taped on a line of painter's tape on the bottom to add a band, a white band around the bottom of the building. Right. And for that, I used Apple Barrel Vanilla Ice Cream. So it's Ooh. like an off-white, kind of yellowy white, uh, yeah. followed by that um, sunflower yellow. It turned out sweet. But both layers of paint have that chipping paint effect because of the sea sponge. Mm. Um, now I got to do that's a cool technique. Yeah, right. I'm and I'm gonna do a video on it here. It should be live. Also, it should be live by about Friday. Um, I'm gonna record right. it. I'm gonna record it and edit it tonight. Um, and one of the first places I saw the uh, the uh, sponging technique was uh, Doug uh, Fiscali uh, did a couple videos that are out there on YouTube on it. And, of course, he talks about it a lot in his uh, kits uh, to do that. That's a, I'm, I don't know if it's something that he came up with. Or I, you know, I think at this point in time with uh, with model railroading, a lot of the techniques have been tried and true over years. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, but by if, many. hey, if one person but, has never heard of that and they're listening, right. yeah, I, I think I've done my job is 
If one right. person learns that that's a new technique, that's all I care about. It's a, it's a wonderful technique, and some of your better modelers do it, and it, it turns out really, really nice. The other cool thing I've done that technique with is I've actually painted the whole building with um, a paintbrush mm -hmm. and then gone back over with a... Uh, a Sponge. Well, yeah, with a, with a wood-colored paint uh -huh. after I painted it solid with a paintbrush. And then oh, it, yeah, yeah, I've done that, too. And then it actually makes it look like there's big pieces of paint missing. Yeah. Um, I've also done it along the very bottom edge of a building to simulate, mm -hmm. like, a mud splash. Yep. And I've only done it maybe the top, the bottom quarter inch of the band of a bit of the round the bottom of the building. And you can do it mm -hmm. really lightly. The other way I've used that sponge, and I should do a video on that, is mm -hmm. uh, if you paint the wall a certain color... Like, for right. instance, I paint the wall with the sunflower. Um, right. And I, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to do it on this kit because it's pretty small, but I do some of those I do some of those entire side-of-the-wall signs uh, that I print out and glue to the side of a building. Right. The one thing that's cool to do with a sea sponge is the, whatever color you painted the wall with, yeah. if you uh, – once you get your sign applied to the wall – you take that sponge mm -hmm. and you do the same thing I did for the chipping paint effect, but yep. you you blot it over top of the sign to yeah. bring that the color of the wall back through the sign, so it looks like that it looks like the sign is fading out into the wall, um, and yeah. then you can actually see the wall. I mean, it's obviously it's on top of it, but you can get the same color that's behind the sign on top of the sign to make it look like it's fading. Yeah, done with some patience and. And not overdoing it right away. No, you need and to just go do it gradually you as need, you go. You need to go very dry sponge with that. Yes. So yes. like yes. almost to the point where there's I would almost I would suggest if you've never done it before, dip your sponge into the paint well in your palette and then go over to your piece of paper and Oh, I dropped my sponge. Go over your piece of paper and <laughs> blot that thing uh so much that there's almost no color coming out of it. And start extremely right. light just to get a feel for what it's going to look like. And then once yeah. you understand how it works, then go a little darker the next time. And then a little darker the next time until you get what you want. But it's much better to go light, very, very light, and very, very dry the first time to understand yeah. how the effect will work. Because the worst thing is once that sign's dried to that wall and you go crazy real dark with the paint. And yep. you paint over the whole sign. You can't see it anymore. And another thing, be careful on if you're using, and I have used them, um, the sponges on a stick. I don't know what the hell they call. I don't them even use them anymore. I don't. I don't well, even. I, I, I threw them all out. Well, the reason the reason that they're okay to use, uh, they're okay to use if you learn how to use them, because they have that stick in the center. I'm just not a good you, learner. And, yeah. Mama, mama, mama said the sticks, the sponges were the devil. <laughs> <laughs> So, but if you, <laughs> that's messed up, man. That's messed up. Anyhow, so the sponge on the stick, if you put too much pressure on, that stick that's in the center will push a little more paint down the center. You can end up with like a, this dot, you know, this big. It's like a big dot. circle. Yeah, or or if you have a little bit, if you have just a hair too much paint on, you'll get circle rings on your on your wall. So. So, you know, I only do them in certain situations where I do like to use them and as a sponge 
uh, or you can not use that and just use a regular sponge, is on the roof of a, of a building um, where, when it's all black and tar papered and everything. I'll take like a gray. Usually I use Dove gray. Uh, I'm not sure if that was Americano or if that's made by um, uh, Folk Art, but I use the Dove gray shade, and I lightly speckle the roof very, very lightly um on top and it gives it like a different type of tone or texture to it um and then again i go back over it with some some great dark gray chalks and uh or dirt you know like a, a a light dirt color um very faintly just kind of weather the top of that after it's been speckled and you'll get this really really cool effect on your roof um you look look back through our website and uh, you can see some photos of some of the roofs that we've done. Yeah. You'll be able to find for that, but um, just thought, I've had good luck. With that. I'm just, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm personally, I mean, and, and to each his own, I'm personally not a fan of the, uh, of the circle sponge on the stick sponges. Yeah. I, I, well, I've gotten away from it. So I, 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 I really feel like the sea sponges that you get that you can kind of cut up and form into your own little texture yeah. are way better because there's more, I don't know, there, there's more um, variance in texture to them. Right. So sometimes right. you'll get ones that are thicker and they don't have as much like uh, voids or big holes in them. And sometimes yeah. you'll get ones that are very, uh, they're very full of texture and they have a lot of random patterns in them and you can just cut them up and if, especially if you get a bigger one from a craft store, you can cut them up and kind of make your own little right. miniature sponges into them. I just right. feel like I get more variety and more texture out of the sea sponges than I do the like the manufactured sponges and I I don't get the results that I usually want out of a manufactured I some, sponge. I have some regular, you know, manufactured type sponges that, that don't work too terrible bad. I'm not um, saying that this is just my own this is just my own personal yeah. preference with them i've never i get i always and you know me i always go for that really rough like weathered look on a lot of my stuff mm-hmm. and i yeah. feel i just honestly i just prefer the sea sponges because they're so ra- there's a lot of randomness in them so right right that's it so. and i know you like the other ones so i mean it's it's to each his own Everyone... well I, I i don't i don't really use the ones on the stick much anymore i hardly have any left uh I, lately i've been using the ones with uh it's a jalapeno uh, on a stick i mean a sponge on a <laughs> stick <laughs> i use the uh the sea the sea sponges i have a bag of those and then i have uh a couple um regular sponges you get for your for cleaning at your sink and whatnot right and uh, those types of sponges, I I, have, I do a better job with those. I feel, and I get more control. So well, you know, plus you can own. rip a little tiny, you can rip a little tiny piece off and work on that even. Well, that's what I nice. do. I've actually yeah. found, um, I've actually found bigger sea sponges that are like the, the size of a baseball or a softball. Yeah. And right. I just I just cut. I just get a pair of household scissors and just cut a chunk out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they just provide so much different they, they, a, there's a bunch of mini sponges in a giant sponge like that. And right. B there's so much like variety in them. I could just cut a whole bunch of them up and, and make a bunch. The oh, one yeah. thing I'm thinking of now that, now that we're talking about this, I wonder if a loofah would provide, mm, I don't know. Is it's that too hard. stiff? Yeah. You'd yeah. have to, you'd have to wet it first. 
Yeah, he'd have to soften it somehow. Nah, who would want that? Then you got to wet. It. That's too much work. Then you work. get wet all over your way, bed. Way too nah. much work. Way too much work. Nah. But, now, but now I'm thinking about other things in the house that you could use to sponge textures onto oh. a on the on the wall. Now see now I'm now I'm gonna be walking around the house looking at things. Finding <laughs> things. Uh, yeah, well uh, uh don't not don't go with loofah. If I use a loofah for my hair, I'm gonna get my ass kicked. So <laughs> your mom's gonna you're gonna get, my get ass. you're gonna get beaten with the stick that what the loofah loofa? the, loo- the, loofa? the stick that the loofah's on, she's gonna beat you with it. It's bad enough. I can't touch anything in that shower. There's like 10 million bottles of crap in <laughs> hey, there. Hey, you know what? This is a, Did this you is, use that? This is a side mm-hmm. note, but I got I got the best soap in the world. You ready? Yeah. It's made by Dial, but it's it's hair, face, and body wash all in one soap. <laughs> I got, That's it's the like, best ever. The only thing else I needed to do is have it be car wash, and it's ready to roll. I'm ready to do everything all at once. <laughs> car, hair, face, yeah. and body. <laughs> Yeah, I usually get whatever there's a coupon for. So. And if it's got windshield, wa- if it can use it as a windshield washer <laughs> fluid, that's even better. I mean, I, I'm looking for the one thing that can handle all my needs, and I'll just buy it. In and out, man. Yeah, brush, brush cleaner, yeah. hair, brush cleaner, car wash, hair cleaner, face wash, body wash, whatever. All needs to be in one so big went, bottle. So we went from hey, I think I know what that is. I think I know what that is. I do down. know what that is. It's it's just simple green. You can you you could probably just put simple green on everything in your life and you'd be good to go. Simple right. green cleans everything. <laughs> and you can eat it. Okay. If you if you really want to. Well, it's supposed to be able to be non toxic, but whatever. Yeah, All right. It doesn't smell non toxic. Go ahead. So I we like we it. Uh, we <laughs> we wrapped up with that. I put it on my salad dress. It's on my salad dressing. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. All right, we so, are done with that. So uh, you're right, working. Well, you're going to be starting some new stuff. I got the Mind Mount Models kit. Yeah. Um, also, I will be uh, ripping into. Well, I have to finish my scratch build too. So I got a lot to work on this weekend. But uh, uh, yeah, we got a lot to work on. So what's next? Yeah, we got a lot of stuff for the winter. So um, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about. You know, we had the question there on, you know, putting the structures, where to put the structures, how far or close together uh, from Dan. And um, I wanted to, that was kind of be going to be our topic today would be um, the putting, uh, making a scene out of your structure. You know, we talked uh, many, many times about how to make the structure. We just did tonight, today uh, a couple times here. And, you know, how to paint them, how to weather them, and how to build them, and all the glues and things that we use to construct the structure. Okay. But we have really rarely ever, if ever, talked about, you know, what beyond that? What, well, we talked about painting, you know, the, the, the detail castings and things like that. We've gone over and over and over that. Okay. But. What we never really talked about what we do to create a scene, right? And how best to create a scene. And I think what you need to do is look at your, like, for example, tonight uh, I talked about this sawmill, and probably the last time I ever talked about a sawmill. But they, I, I'm, um, I'm ready for you to be done talking about this sawmill. <laughs> but. You know, you saw the scene that I created around it, and uh, some of the other people did too. And and I did it on a twelve by twelve area because I find that 
you know, just out from your structure a little bit, uh, maybe, you know, 20, 20, 25 scale feet out from your structure. That is the area you want to focus around the entire structure. Right. And well, that's the, uh, you don't want to, that's want to put your building down and then detail it out in a wide base. Cause you, uh, you know, you're going to use your layout for, for, you know, other structures. So we don't want to cut into what that scene might be at that particular location. You want to contain it all within this, you know, on this particular one within 12 by 12. And well, and it also depends on the neighboring scenes to this right, scene exactly. that you're working on. So if it's obviously this kind of goes back to what Dan was talking about. Um, or what Dan was asking about, if you're going to do a close-up city scene, you want it to be kind of close. Um, if you're doing a widespread, uh, more sprawling urban scene, you're going to want to be, uh, or I'm sorry, a rural scene, you're going to be more spread out, and you can make your scene farther away from your structure. Right. So in this one, it's all pretty tight around around the structure, and... But it's not, you know, it's not a city scene per per, per se, but um, it is a good size structure. And one of the things you need to do is figure out what you're trying to portray at your scene of your around your structure, depending on the type of business and whatnot, and what other businesses are close by. Um, and but I want to see, you know, first of all, I want to find access to it. Do how am I going to get a vehicle to it? How's this person going to get in and out if it's a business to do commerce? Okay. It, it, you know, in this case, I'm thinking a pickup truck or something or a panel truck um, is going to be able to move things back and forth, some kind of van. Um, you know, we model 30s and 40s. So feel, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I feel, yeah? like, I feel like this is something that not a lot of people think about when they are right. doing a structure. Um, Correct. And I mean, don't get me wrong, we see a lot of kick ass buildings being made. Uh, a lot of people share some kick-ass work, but when they're, we don't really see them on the scenery. We see a lot of finished building pictures without the work around it. And, uh, I don't know if much thought is put into like what, what kind of commerce is coming in and out of it. What, what, what's going to be accessing this building. Right. And, and, you know, regardless, somebody has to work and work there or live there or wherever they have to come in and out. Yeah. There's people involved in this place. Right, exactly. So look at your roads that you currently have down on your layout. Figure out where the best access point is for coming in or out off that road to where you place your structure. And then you put it down in that, you know, close by. You don't want like some, unless you've got massive amounts of layout space, you don't want a 10 mile long driveway, okay, or, or, or a parking lot with its uh, super humongous. I mean, in real reality, if you have a parking area uh, next to a business, you know you want to kind of build that in, but don't make it any more than I don't know two to four or five, two or four or five cars tops, okay, and and not many blank spaces, okay, and you know, and then then you have to think about how, on that space around it, how many vehicles am I going to put? Is it, you know, is it going to be one vehicle, two, three? You know, you want to kind of contain that too, because right. well, number one, vehicles are expensive. Number two, you know, you don't want to totally trip it out with vehicles. And yeah, uh, I mean, unless you're two, building a one or two build, structures, unless you're building a drive-in yeah. theater, you're not going to be putting a. You're probably not going to be putting fifty or sixty vehicles for that scene. 
Right. You know, look at a big scene or like one of the special edition kits that you see from um, uh, Doug uh, at FOS Skill, uh, Foscale Models or uh, uh, Kenny Crumps at Casey's Workshop. And I was at the expo, <coughs> saw some of their big dioramas that they had there for, you know, displaying their models for sale. And, and on them, think about it in that context. Think about what you see. You know, one or two structures, uh, one or two vehicles uh, works just fine for a, a giant structure. Uh, you know, take the Metzger building I built a while back. I put, I put like two two vehicles on it when I took my photographs of it, and you know, when you see the the actual photograph online, you'll see one or one or two vehicles parked around the the, you know, that that's a city building, right? And you know, so so think about that. You don't want to take away tons of space, but you still want to still want to create a. You scene. want to make it look alive. Without right. over cluttering it with vehicles or or right. people, so we want to think about, and that's the other thing you need to think about. Uh, and I don't mean to cut you off. You no. also need to think about people in the scene mm-hmm. because uh, yeah. you can have vehicles and you can have all the detail parts in the world, and you can have right. road access and everything. But uh, it, it looks kind of like a scene out of a uh, zombie apocalypse movie if there's no people around. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, so you also need to think about where you're going to be placing these people or if it's a, right. especially if, you know, it's a working area or, or an industrial area, you're going to have people inside right. and outside working. Um, right. so you kind of have to think about like, what, how many, and, and, and you, and this needs to go back even farther before you even start creating the scene on the, on the, whether you're making it on the layout or on a diorama piece you need to be thinking about that when you're actually working on the building itself yeah um i know when i was working on the tucker factory from carolina craftsman kits the mm-hmm. i was thinking more about like okay where can i put some people whether they're pushing dollies or they're working at an overhead door or whatever they're doing um where can i have room built in for people to be standing because if I overclutter it with detail parts, which is pretty easy to do, you can get carried away with details. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, it, you're not going to have any room for people. It's going to look cluttered with just detail parts. And then if you don't have places pre-planned for your people in your diorama or your city to be, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to look like it's forced. Or you're not going to have people at all, and it's going to look, like, look, look like a ghost town. Right, right. So, you know, obviously that, that, that has to come into effect, too. Uh, you know, where are you going to place them? Are you going to put them on a load? If you have a loading dock, you, you got to have a worker on a loading dock, you know, yeah. doing something. That's a, it's a requirement. Kind of position. Right. And, you know, two would be better. Uh, but, uh, you know, you want you want two there, maybe one outside the building somewhere or somebody standing in front of a doorway. On a big factory building, I really don't see where you would need more than three or four people around it, you know? Yeah, I mean, and, it depends um, on the scene. Yeah, it depends on the scene. But let's let's get back to the the road. So we bring the road in. Yeah, sorry, know, I didn't mean to. You, I didn't gonna, mean to go off track. That's okay. There. No, that's okay. Are we going to use a dirt road? Are we going to use a macadam road? I mean, uh, is it going to be concrete? How we how how are you going to do that? And how are you going to you know best represent that on with the materials you have? And figure out you know how how long you want it to be or how 
you know, on this particular case, I have a ramp that goes up to a freight door. And, uh, and I have a short road that goes into it. And it's going to connect onto the layout onto one of our main roads. But that road is maybe from the end of that ramp to the actual road, it's going to be about a five, a five or six scale foot sp spread. That's it. And, um, or maybe a car length. Okay. So that's, that's all that I'm going to give to that because I don't want to overdo it with that. Um, you know, is your building going to have a, a road that goes around behind the building? Because uh, sometimes you use the front and the back side of it. So figure all that out, draw it out on your, around your building. Once you place your building where you want it and, and start to do your, to do your road work and, uh, you know, uh, I actually do the road work first and then cover it and do the uh, scenery around it next. Okay, so figure out your scenery, how much of this is going to be grass. Um, and we've talked about this in the past. I'm not going to really get into this too much. Right. But, um, you know, how are you doing? Like right now, Brett has our static grass. Uh, I am going to be going nuts okay. with it this weekend, by the way. Right. I got static. Okay. I got a, I got a date with a static grass applicator on Friday night and I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> okay. So Brett has, it. <laughs> I don't, but I wanted to complete this scene and I didn't really want to wait around until we, we'll get to get in the second one. I already talked to, uh, to, to Ron. We talked about that on Ron. Just make last one week. out of the fly swatter. No, I'm going to buy a good one. Anyhow, so um, <laughs> you have, but I was using ground foam, uh, the fine ground foam and that type of thing. And you can make it look just as nice as the static glass. In fact, you can combine the two. And eventually I'm going to, when I, when I take this down to, to the layout uh, and put it in, I'm going to add static glass to it as well. Um, but I use the ground foam or the static glass, whatever you're using, and figure out what areas by looking at it. Do you want to put grass or gravel or, you know, dirt, just plain dirt um, and, 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 a, and kind of get a visual idea, even mark it if you can, because uh, you can cover it over with your, uh, take a, take a, uh, a felt tip pen and just kind of mark on the, uh, we're putting it onto our, onto our extruded foam um, and mark where these types of things are going to be. And then when you paint over it, with uh, I put a base coat of brown paint down uh, before I start, but I'll have an idea where things were. And uh, sometimes if you use a black uh, felt tip marker and you use like a, a tan color dirt, you'll kind of cover up most of the marker, but you'll be able to see it underneath until you put down the dirt and the ground foam and the static grass. That'll all disappear. Um, so this will give you an idea where to put it. And usually I try and keep it, in a tight radius around this building, it's easier to focus all your details on a tighter radius than it is to look at it on a broad scale and then think, oh, my God, how do I fill all this extra space? Don't worry about that. Worry about that with the next building or, you know, when you put the next building into it and if there's a lot of space in between, think of that as a, a separate scene that you can build in between later, you know, and, and do something else with that. Okay, but... This is where I want to do. I want to focus, you know, in a in a ten to twenty scale foot radius around my building, um, if if it's a a non inner city scene, and then start working in your detail parts that we we talked about. 
um, after you get down the ground foam and, and all that because uh, you don't want to put them down before you put ground foam down or dirt or anything else because you're, you're going you're gonna to have dirt and gravel and grass and stuff stuck to your detail parts. You don't want, you don't want that covering them up and it's going to look sloppy. So then put your detail parts in, um, figure out where you want it. And I found that, um, like I say, I have a bunch of 55 gallon drums. I, I want to put them in, in, I like, I like the art concept of odd, odd numbers. So, you know, one barrel or three, um, you know, not two barrels, not four barrels, you know, three barrels or five, you know, that type of thing. And then, you know, and don't over clutter, just add little bits at a time. You can go too heavy, like Brett was saying, you can go with too much stuff and then it just looks junky. Okay. And, you know, and, and I don't know what, go, what you're going to add to your theme, but you don't want to, yeah. you don't want to go crazy because, uh, right. Even though, so, so I've run into this before and I'm sure you have as well. Uh, the problem with going uh, bananas on some detail parts is yeah. at first you think it looks really kick-ass, right? Yep. Uh, and then the problem is you keep you keep adding to it. And, yeah. and, and you keep adding to it and you keep adding to it and you keep adding to it. And then once you take a picture or two of it on your phone, you might not realize it right away, but once you take a picture or two of it on your phone, you're, mm-hmm. you look at it or you post it online and you're like, uh-oh. That looks really junky now. Yeah, uh, and that that goes that goes in line with weathering, detail parts, everything. Right. Uh, you right. can you can really go overboard quick. Um, so you got to find a happy medium between like sparse or overboard. Well, uh, and, and in some instances, you can go overboard no, and totally. put a ton of stuff in. And you know, and I've seen a lot of scenes. Let's look at look at, look at George uh, George Sellier's scene. Well, and, okay. Okay, you're, you're... well, no, I'm just saying, <laughs> narrow it down and look what he does. He has a lot of detail parts in, yes. but there's space in between them. Yes. Not a lot of space, but there's space, and every square inch shows something, but it's not overdone. No. Okay, you know, if there's a junk pile or something, it's supposed to be a junk pile. But or, there's also you know, negative industrial space. Industrial areas. Yeah. Right, right. And, and so, so you got to look at what you're trying to, to accomplish out of that. Um, as far as, you know, um, in this instance, uh, yeah, think about the, the, think about the detail castings that you're, you've painted and ask yourself before you put them on, is that appropriate for this building? Right. I mean, you know, would they have, uh, I have, I, I need to say this right now, cause it's one of the things that I talked about the show drives me nuts. I talked about it with Jason Jensen too. And uh, Jason's lovely wife was there, and we kind of all laughed about this. But it was um, the 55-gallon drum containers. They come with every There is damn way kit. too many of those damn things. They're all I'm over done. The I'm over them. They're, uh, they, they all go wrong. I use them, but use them in the right place. I yeah, mean, but some it's of kind kits of kits come with it. It's it's kind of underwhelming when you open up a kit and you're like, oh, a drum. Great. I got six more drums <laughs> like no offense to anyone that's ever put them in a kit right but when you open now, them up it's like oh i get it okay. i get it you go to a real yard you're gonna find 55 they're everywhere drums. they're everywhere but you know what you know what i would rather else? get 
throw some yeah. very if you okay. So if you want to throw some drums into a kit, give them some okay. variation. And what I would what I would like to see, and I've I've seen them at a couple casting places, is uh, like a stack of drums or. Yeah. Uh, you know, okay, you want to throw some drums in, throw in a stack of drums, or yeah. or do some barrels, cause I I I don't get as many barrels in kit like the the wood barrels. They're kick ass. I love wood barrels, yeah. and I don't see quite right. as many of them as drums. And it would be a way to separate yourself. I still see a lot of them though. I still see I know, wood barrels. A little bit. There's a little less, and I will credit the manufacturers. Uh of these kits. We definitely have plenty of drums when we need them. So, yeah, <laughs> but, but well, I got to think the other, the other, the other challenge, the other challenge with it though is though, is you can maybe what I've been doing is not putting all the drums on one kit. So yeah. if I get four drums for a kit or sometimes they'll come on like a plastic sprue and you, yeah. uh, you you can cut like one or two off and leave four on I'll say mm-hmm. I'll save them and I won't put them all in one kit. And now I have probably a dozen or two dozen plastic drums that I haven't painted that are from other kits, just right. just sitting in a detail parts bin. Uh, right. So eventually I'll be able to create like a cool little stack or a stockpile of of, of drums near a near a depot or a shipping area. Yeah, yeah, and and that's where they will be used. So if you have a kit and your kit's a barber shop. Don't put, don't put three fifty-five gallon steel drums next to it. Well, I don't know if I've seen know? that on a barber shop. Well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm exaggerating here. I child. get it. I get it. You know? Okay. So, we're having. So, anyways, let's get off of the drums. <laughs> okay. Pick the appropriate castings that you need. Things you think will look good, eye catching. You know, scene appropriate. Okay, and then. Place them where you need to, and you can go back to it. You don't have to, you know. You go, you place them where you need them, and then think about other things like bushes, um, you know. And you can use the coarse, the coarse uh, foliage clusters. Uh, they come, you know. You can get them from all the different you know, manufacturers. They have them, whether it be or you can make your own, or, or well, you can make your own. But yeah, I I, I don't, and I won't. And um, but use the foliage, the foliage <laughs> clusters. You can rip them apart. You can put different shades and put you know clumps of bushes here and there. Um, think about those types of things. Um, you can you can actually partially you could take your building and put a bunch of foliage clusters or you know a whole batch of trees along your background scene if you have a backdrop on your backdrop scene. Um, and then put a structure uh, partially hidden back there, and you wouldn't need, you know, put it right up against your backdrop, and put put it look like it's kind of hidden in the trees, and you wouldn't need to actually um, use a whole lot of space on your layout to make a scene, because it would be like that mystery house off in the woods, you know, mm-hmm. and and that's that's a cool idea. I mean. There's think about where your structure is going to go and how you're going to detail them out, but detail it. Um, so it makes an interesting scene now, on this particular one. And a lot of times on our layout, we tend to do them on a flat level area. <clears throat> Not always. I mean, sometimes you have them on hills or sometimes you have them on two different levels of, of, uh, 
you know, terrain, um, and then, you know, a foundation to match it, you know, you know how, you know what I'm trying to get to. Yeah. It's kind of hard to visually explain this while you're talking on a podcast. But one of the things to make it, if you're doing it on a flat area, uh, is to try and make it not look flat. Along, instead of just running the dirt and some simple grass, low grass, uh, along the edge of your building at your foundation on a flat surface, take some of the coarser ground foam and kind of pow- glue it down. You're going to you know, use your wet, your wet glue, your water glue mix, and you kind of soak it in there, but pile it up a little bit right along your foundation at an angle going down along the side of the foundation so it's built up a little bit there. It is. It does look like a bush. Could it be a bush? Could it be a hill? You know? And and that'll kind of take away the completely flat look along the edge of where the ground and the, and the wall meet. And uh, it's kind of an illusion thing um, because the coarse ground looks just like your grass. Um, it'll, it'll, uh, it'll build up and look, you know, it'll, it, it puffs up, you know, it's, it's coarse ground. Uh, so you'll have it at different heights, at different areas, and you don't have to go and fill in with a, a lot of extra foam or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you want to build something that is higher up or risen, um, when you're when you're planning this, uh, take some pieces of the extruded foam, the scrap stuff, cut it into small chunks, and, you know, build little hillsides on it and fill it in with some sculpt the mold and uh, build around, you know, like a, 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 a small mound or hill in the backyard or, or something like that. You can do that. I, I took a piece of extruded foam, cut it at an angle and made my ramp up to the uh, to the front of the building of the, at the freight dock. And I use I, you know, did that with extruded foam and, then, you know, um, made it look like. You know how you had the barn ramps, kind right. of like that, and uh, you know that was just a piece of extruded foam underneath, and I covered it over with some dirt and grass down the middle uh, to where the vehicle would be. I had the grass going up in the middle where the tires don't run over it, mm-hmm. not real high, just scruffy. And then along the sides, I put some of the, I, or it's you know you can put a retaining wall or whatever. I used that uh, that. Um, paper from foggy mountain models that has yeah, the texture the, paper text, texture paper with a block and i use that along the edge uh and it looks just like a stone wall right it matches the rest of the foundation however you know these are the things you can do and you want to kind of keep it all tight in around your building um don't overdo it with like don't overdo it with the small details on one shot unless you're building a junkyard, you're in an industrial area, and you, you know it's worth you know every industrial building has a section somewhere in the building, usually inside a chain link fence. Yep. That everything just shit just gets dumped there, you know. And, and I'm talking about in real life, you know. <laughs> I mean, every place has that that spot where they just take stuff out and it sits out there. Okay, have one of them. And, um, wow, did you just hit a garbage can? No, it was my chair. Oh, okay. And, um, you know, build around that. So that's that's one of the ideas that, you know, you know, think about what you're doing when you put this all together. And I'm going to do some more on this. I think I'm going to uh, – we're going to get back to writing a little bit. And I want to talk – I'm going to have to write it out and maybe take some photos um, and talk a little bit more in depth about 
uh, you know, sneaking out your your one simple structure. We think about sneaking a layout, but we need to think about sneaking our one structure as we build them. You know, otherwise they just sit on a shelf and then you place them somewhere and then you're in a hurry and you stack them all up and you know, think about how the, the, the display you're going to put on. Um, yeah, right. You need have, to think about it as much. You need to think about each one as its own diorama, right. almost. Correct. Like, so. like on this, I on the sawmill, I had a chain that comes out from a sawmill. It attaches to a stump on a pulley, and that chain pulls the sawdust out from underneath the the uh, sawmill and dumps the sawdust that it accumulates on it from under the saw and dumps it out into the middle of the yard. So out here in the yard, I got a, I took some sawdust and I glued it down around the stump where it would fall off. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that's just part of the scene. I mean, and, and that really kind of helps things. Um, you said about the, about, um, you know, um, putting people out there, but you can think about other things you could put out there as well in the middle of an open grassy area that, you know, um, uh, something simple like I did it on one of my other scenes, a toilet, you know, it just sat out there in the middle of this tall grassy field. There was a toilet or a bathtub yeah. or something like that. Put yeah, some, you did that on the garage put, from KC's. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, put some stuff out like that and, uh, you know, it, it shows a story. And then next to it, put like a hobo sitting on a crate, Yeah, you know. Uh, you know, that's he's you know under a tree, and then when you put your trees in, put put the trees or around your building, pick one or two that you like. Yep. One, one, two, three trees. Same thing. Don't go with. Uh, well, you can do whatever you want. I go with odd numbers. If I'm going to put one tree, I'm going to put one. If I'm going to put any more, it's going to be three, or it's going to be five. But I. I kind of place them in strategic places and then stay back from, from your one scene. Don't look at it as, don't look at, at it as the layout. If you're building it right on the layout, look about it as your scene and stare at that and say, wow, that tree looks cool behind the rooftop here or the structure or off to the side of the structure. And it casts a little, you know, shade over a garage or whatever. You, you know, you got to use your imagination here, but, now, add your trees in and and you know if you're using foam take if you and you're using already pre-made trees um drill a hole into the bottom of that mm -hmm. take a take a, uh, a a strand of stiff wire uh maybe an inch long and glue it up into that hole and um you know the match you got to match it i think it's a 0.65 drill bit that you would use on something like that and then you would put like uh, I think it's a I'm not sure the diameter of the of the stiff wire um, and then match it and stick it up in there glue it in there let it dry and then you can stick them directly into your foam and uh, you know you'll put some a little bit of glue on the bottom but um, that'll keep your trees nice and and sturdy build some dirt up around them and, or you know or grass or whatever you're using around the trunk and then. Um, you know, underneath your trees, put put sprinkle some down leaves or something. You know, if you have loose leaves, put some leaves leaves underneath it. And uh, you know, even in the summertime when a storm hits, leaves, green leaves will fall off of a tree and lay there for a long time. So, uh, even if it's a single tree, 
So these are the types of little things that, that you want to add. We could go on and on forever on it, but you know, I'm just trying to give you a focus on you know, sneaking out your building. And I'll get into that more in the near future here. Um, that's something I, a topic I want to kind of kick on because I don't think a lot of people talk about how we can how we dress up a single building when it's done. And, uh, you know, we just build the building. Here's the building. You know, there's more to it than that. I mean, you know, if you want to really draw it out and make it look great, um, it doesn't take a lot of work. And it's probably the most fun you'll have in, in doing it, you know, next to building it. But, um, yeah, that's that's one of the things. There was one other thing I wanted to talk on real quick before I wrap this up. And, uh, and for the life of me, I can't figure it out. Uh, we got on this so much. Uh, oh, oh, I did. I, I covered the, the tree uh, and the leaves and that type of thing. So um, that's it. That's it. Kind of covered a lot of ground tonight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a lot. Yeah. So, like so. I said, uh, you know, think about your think about your structure and what you can do to bring it to life. You don't have to be an artist. Oh. Yes, I do remember what it was now. Uh -oh. Sorry about that. Uh oh. On the roads and stuff. Like I made a dirt road. Um, you can do it on the roads. You can do it on your grass areas. Don't have to just settle with the straight, straight color that the road is. You know, give it some tone and take right. some take some of your chalk dust and put like uh, lighten. You can lighten the dirt out with the chalk dust. And uh, make you know where the tires would go, and yeah, and you uh, can you also know. add a little bit of foliage uh, if it's on uh -huh. a dirt road. You can add some a you know grass that's growing up through the road in the center, yep. or uh, some larger like rocks that are in the middle of the road. Right. Not not big, not obviously not big ass boulders, but right. uh, you know you can throw road. you can throw some bigger rocks in, or or some uh, make some potholes or some 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 divots in the road because not every dirt right. road is going to look like a smooth road. Uh, right. You can same with the same with the parking lot. Put put some in your parking lot. Put some uh, expansion lines on on the in the parking lot. Uh, even if it's a blacktop parking lot, uh, put some cracks in there or 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 a, or a sinkhole uh, or or take um takes and always if you can put some weeds. In there, real low-lying weeds. Just uh, take a toothpick and draw a line with uh, uh, some glue on it, and then sprinkle some grass on there. Uh, or if you use the static grass, you know, uh, just same thing. Sprinkle some static grass on, shake it off, and you'll have a nice little low weeds growing up out right. of cracks right, and right. stuff in your parking lot. I don't think I've ever been to a parking lot outside of a giant department store walmart type target place uh where there isn't weeds there's every parking lot crack. has every parking lot yeah. has a crack with some grass or some weeds growing exactly. up through it my driveway has that right uh you right. know it just happens you see it on the highway so, when you're driving um so no that's yep. that's a killer idea to add some depth to your roads whether they're dirt or they're pavement right. or they're concrete whatever roads you're doing add it some takes, cracks it, and add some uh tire tracks some some right. weeds, some, a little bit of grass growing up through some of the cracks. It's it's all killer, and it all adds a lot of depth, and it breaks up the monotony of like a long concrete right. road. Because I think the most boring thing I think I've seen on a lot of not a lot of layouts. I can't say a lot of layouts, but sometimes you'll see a picture of a road on a layout that's like just a solid 
gray concrete road and it just goes on it's oh, just yeah. you know there's there's no features there's no cracks in yep. it there's no uh there's no like the expansion joints aren't very visible or or not even there yeah. at all um and that's another thing you need to make sure you put expansion joints in your concrete roads because never have I ever seen a concrete road either in an old picture or current day <laughs> where it's like just one solid Endless. sheet of concrete yeah. uh there's always yeah. expansion joints and there's always cracks in them right so yep. make sure you do that and uh and weather them and up patches. a little weather them up a little bit add some wear add some patches yeah paint like a darker area in or a lighter area in where there's new concrete that was put down or new macadam yeah. that was put down uh because you're going to have repairs to your road. If you live in Pennsylvania, you're going to be well aware that the roads are awful. And yep. uh, there's definitely different colors on your road. So right. um, definitely try to add some variation into the road as well. If you have a parking lot next to your structure, also don't don't forget that cars leak oil. So yes, put a couple oil of, spots are, yeah, oil drips are oil necessary. Spots in. You know, um, maybe I'll come up with some ideas and share them online about... Uh, what you can use for oil spots to make them look realistic. Yeah. Because you don't want to just take some black paint and dab it down there. Uh, you want to make it look, oh, yeah. you make just, it look yeah, realistic. Just, just go for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you want to make it look like a stain, not a drop. Yeah. You know? So. But, um, well, I think we covered a ton in that. Me too. Me too. So um, we are going to wrap so that great. up for the week. Hey. We do have a special guest next week. Yes. Um, we, it, it is thanks. Well, next week I want. Why well, want to wish you on behalf of me and Brett? I'm sure he feels the same. Well, we want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving, a safe and happy Thanksgiving yeah. to everybody out yeah. there. Yeah, if you're traveling before our next podcast right. episode goes up, uh, our next podcast episode will go up on Black Friday. Um, mm-hmm. So while your wives are out shopping and blowing a bunch of money, you can uh, you can just tune into our podcast and chill out. We have a, and we have say, a very special. And guess guest. what? Our podcast, our podcast is uh, we got a Black Friday special on our podcast. It's uh, it's free, like every other week. <laughs> That's right. So we have That's a cool, right. we do have a cool guest coming on next week. Um, it's the best deal ever. It is uh, it's actually one of a few overseas guests we've had. So I'll we yes. won't we won't we won't uh, spoil it um just yet. But we've talked about them on the show quite a bit, and they are pretty excited to join us. I believe. Um, so I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what's wrong with that person that they're excited to join us, but uh, I, we'll have to ask them. Yeah, we'll I, have to ask them what's what's up with that. What's going on with that? I don't know who wants to talk to us, <laughs> but no, we are excited to have them on the show. We don't want to give it away, but they do some killer, killer work. Um, just some flat out kick ass work, and you can find them on Instagram. Uh, but that's all we're gonna say. So we're not yep. going to give that one away. That'll be our Black Friday special next week. Um, and like my dad was saying before we started to talk about the teaser for next week, we will not have a episode up. We'll have our Overtime at the Bench episode up before Thanksgiving. Yep. So we will also say thanks, happy Thanksgiving to them as well. But we won't see you till Black Friday. So we hope everyone has a safe trip. Oh, tra- Monday. Monday for the for the. Live, well, I'm uh, talking about well, the podcast. This is yes, a podcast. Okay. But uh, everyone needs to have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. If you're traveling, we wish you safe travels. And um, you'll catch us on the Black Friday Madness on Friday right here on our podcast. So 
Um, hope you guys enjoyed this week. Also, we started something new last week, and I want to kind of talk about it on the show. Whenever we post the new episode for the week, if you go over to our Facebook page, it cannot be on a group page that my dad or I share the podcast episode to. It needs to be on our official HO Scale Customs Facebook page. If you go over there and you like the post, it'll be pinned to the top of the Facebook page. All you got to do is like that post. And I will throw all of the names of the people that like that post into a drawing, uh, a name drawing tool. And I will draw a winner each week uh, until we run out of these damn koozies to win a HO Scale Customs can koozie or a can, whatever you want to call it, a can koozie. So uh, if you head on over to our main page when you're listening to this episode and you give this episode a like on our Facebook page, you'll get entered into a contest each week to win a can koozie and i will just ship it to you um we'll contact you for your address and information but um yeah we're giving away prizes just for liking the post so that's all i have uh as usual you can hit us up on instagram facebook yada yada all the other places you can email us at podcast at hoscalecustoms.com uh you guys know how to get a hold of us so have a happy thanksgiving what do you do yeah. you have anything else any closing remarks dad I don't. Happy Turkey Day. It's the only time of year I eat turkey. So, yes. Eat up, pig out, go to sleep, watch some football. Yep. Have so, fun. And don't eat the pumpkin pie because that's my pumpkin pie, Dad. I'm going to eat the hell out of some pumpkin pie <laughs> next week. I'm going to eat the hell out of everything. All right. All right. We're out of here. Hey, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Peace. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Jesus. <laughs>